0: In this episode, I am going to argue that you and I, as songwriters, should start arranging our song while we write our song. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. As always, I am your host, Joseph Vidal, and today we are going to be talking about the importance of starting to arrange your song while you write your song. I don't think you have to do this every time. I admittedly have started to uh, really do this basically all the time. Uh, I don't think you have to go that far with it, but I do want to add another tool or another option uh, for your toolbox or another option for how you do things, how you do your songwriting process besides the more traditional songwriting process, which at least for most of us is probably something like sitting with your guitar, um, you know, all alone by yourself in a dark basement with a a pad for lyrics or something like that. Uh, or piano, if you are more of a pianist like myself than you are a guitarist, uh, which certainly is still a very valid, very great way to write songs, but sometimes you can get some awesome stuff by changing it up. And in my opinion, it has been more helpful to me to move towards this methodology for songwriting. Before we dive in, if you haven't already, be sure to pick up my free guide on 10 different ways to start writing a song. Five will give you ways to start a song from a lyrical standpoint and five from a musical standpoint. So whether you're lyrics first or music first, there will be five different ways for you to start writing a song right now instead of waiting and staring at a blank page, which is, of course, (laughs) the worst That just sucks. I hate that feeling. So if you want to avoid that feeling, go grab that. Also, if you've been dealing with, you know, your song starting to sound the same, this is going to help be an antidote for that, as well as a songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Also want to put out there, I have been moving things over. I know some people have had trouble, um, like I've had a couple people on YouTube, for example, comment that for some reason, when they uh, submitted the form, the guide did not come, in which case, uh, in every instance, I always tell them, hey, shoot me an email and I'll I'll email you all three free guides. Um, so to those of you that that has happened to, I'm sorry about that. We are currently shifting to a new, uh, we're gonna be using Kajabi instead of uh, MailChimp, and MailChimp has been, we'll call it underwhelming, <laughs> so we're moving that over. Uh, the website's going to get moved over as well, so uh, if you've been wondering why the last couple of weeks there's been uh, it's been more like one YouTube video a week and still, of course, the weekly podcast. Um, and it's the same reason why the podcast didn't propagate all the way to like iTunes or Apple Podcasts for a couple of weeks. Like I think some of you might have noticed, like last week you get like oh three new episodes. Um, that's all part of the same thing. So thank you for being patient about the move over. Things will be back to normal fairly soon here, but working on a bunch of songwriter theory projects, so it's not that I'm not doing songwriter theory things, it certainly is, it's just I'm doing some big picture stuff, like moving the website over and building some new cool stuff for you all to enjoy. So, let's dive into the podcast. (coughs) Number one reason, or not necessarily number one reason, first reason we're going to talk about uh, why you should start arranging while you write your songs. Is that it opens the door to write songs that don't overly rely on a single quote unquote main instrument so you probably noticed when you do your songwriting or you know maybe this won't apply to all of us but for the most part with your traditional songwriting process a song ends up being very much built around one instrument which usually you can even hear in the recording of that song very often so for example, a lot of my songs, you can tell piano is sort of at the center of it. You could you could tell that the song was written for the piano because everything sort of surrounds the piano and supports that piano part, as well as, of course, the vocal. But as far as the instrumentals, a lot of times there's sort of this... this every, everything just surrounds that piano and supports that piano. Or sometimes, other songs, it will be the same thing, but acoustic guitar. And you see this in a lot of songs. And the reason for this, right, is... A lot of times when somebody wrote the song, you may have written the song where you grabbed your guitar, started playing around with some chords. You found something that you kind of liked, maybe had a little a few hammer-ons or a couple finger-picking parts or whatever happened. And, you know, you, you hum the melody, eventually you got some lyrics, and that's sort of how you built the song, right? The song was probably finished from A to Z with you playing exactly one instrument, right? Because a song really is just melody, harmony, and lyrics. So a lot of times you'll finish the song, all the parts, the bridge, the pre-post choruses, if you have them, before you even pick up a second instrument. So you have the whole song written with you writing it as a acoustic guitar soloist, basically, right? Because you wrote the song with you holding an acoustic guitar by yourself, not with a band, singing. So you effectively made the song from the point of view or the perspective of somebody who's going to play this song solo acoustic, like a solo acoustic show, right? And the same thing goes for piano, just swap piano for guitar. And there's nothing wrong with this, right? Let's get that right out of the way. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a song being that way. It's just a different way of seeing a song compared to looking at it from the point of view of, of well, you starting to arrange the song as you write the song. So something I'd compare it to is a show or movie that has a single clear protagonist versus several main characters, right? So the advantage that you can get from the clear the single clear protagonist is that that one character is probably amazing and fantastic and people will be super passionate about that specific character right if a whole movie or whole show centers around one character that one character is probably going to be amazing because there's so much time and effort built into building that character which is fine unless you lose that character Right? Because that's the downside, right? You're totally reliant on that character. So, in the same way, if you build your whole song off of acoustic guitar or built the whole song off of really just the piano part, sometimes it may put your song in a situation where it's a little overly reliant on that instrument and the song would almost feel wrong if it didn't have that instrument anymore. Which is, again, not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because there's no reason that it ever would need to not have that instrument. But think about it like, you know, Batman without Batman. The problem with the show Gotham, um, or the main problem with the show Gotham, that I heard from people repeatedly, is like, wh- why would you make a Batman thing without Batman, right? <laughs> like, Batman is what people care about, right? It, 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 like, Gordon is fine as a side character. All those, all those people are fine as side characters, but Batman is what people care care about. So the idea of making a whole Batman show, basically... Basically without Batman, right? Because, yeah, she has a young Bruce Wayne, but it's not about Batman. He's just kind of a side kid character. You're just like kind of watching him grow up. And I think at the end of the show, he's dons the suit for the first time or something. I don't know. I didn't watch the show. But that's the same thing I heard from everybody else who did watch the show. It's like this weird, like, well, I mean, it's good, but like, why do I care about Gotham without Batman? Or trying to make a James Bond movie without James Bond. Like, it would be silly. And so back to the advantage, right? The advantage is when you write a song like that, usually that is a great song for an acoustic performance where it is just you because you built the song that way. That's almost its purest form, right? The purest form of your average singer-songwriter song is you singing while playing the instrument you wrote that song on. So they're built to be good that way. Unlike some other songs that if, if you were to do solo acoustic... I mean, I legitimately have some songs I wouldn't even know what to play solo acoustic because there's several different instruments that sort of all together make the quote-unquote main part of the song. And if I just played one of those parts, it would be totally empty. The problem with that is I can't really play that solo acoustic and do it justice, right? But the reality is that not all songs need to be just as good as a solo acoustic song as they are in their fully arranged glory. They just don't. And I remember I used to sort of have this thing against uh, the idea of ever writing a song that couldn't uh, be be very, basically just as good, me playing it alone as it would be with a full band or with a full arrangement that I have time to make with the recording, and I've realized over time, why? What does it matter? Um, I mean, it matters a little bit if you're going to be going around performing the song. Okay, sure. Um, but you also can use that as an excuse to just come up with a different version of the song, almost. I actually did this in reverse with a song recently, where originally it was built as like a solo song with an with acoustic guitar. But then I ended up kind of like in the vibe of the arrangement that I was making so much that I actually got rid of the acoustic guitar for the recording. So now what's kind of cool is I feel like a, a lot of songs that ha- are built on a main instrument, when you do play them sort of solo acoustic, they just feel like a stripped down version of the quote unquote real song that got recorded, right? It just feels like, oh yeah, it's, the piano part that I already know and have heard and the singer. And then you just took everything else away. And that's what the acoustic version of the song is. Whereas what happened with this other song where I ended up taking away the instrument that I did originally write it on. So I took it that far, right? Like not only did I arrange as I wrote, um, but I actually ended up removing it from the recording, the, the original sort of heart of the song. The beauty of that is now it will sound almost a refreshingly different take on the song rather than a stripped-down version of the song, because it's not a stripped-down version anymore. It's just a totally different take with the acoustic guitar vibe compared to the other one that I ended up having, which ended up being kind of a little, like, ethereal piano and a lot of just ethereal synth sounds. Very, very different sounding than uh, the acoustic guitar version. So, the other thing about opening the door for songs that don't overly rely on a single main instrument, which is our first point here is that it opens you up to a ton of possibilities, even for your main hook or sound, you can do things as your quote unquote main part of your song that don't have to be able to be played by a single instrumentalist, which is very relieving because even though, I'm sure we all can and have written interesting instrumental parts that hold their own by themselves with a single instrument. If you could create the main hook of your song with a combination of like a cello and an acoustic guitar and a synth sound, where all three of those sounds together are what makes sort of that main sound of your song, that main hook and, you know, maybe they're all playing slightly different melodies or parts that all just need to be there for it to really sound um, like the heart of what your song is. That's something you can't do when you're writing it from a more singer traditional singer-songwriter style where you're not arranging while you're writing. But when you're recording an instrument and instead of you thinking to yourself, okay... That's the main part. But instead you can right away layer in a second part that you might think, huh, I thought this was just going to support that first part. But in the end, really, it's doing more than supporting it. It, it. To me, it almost becomes just as important. Sometimes you'll even think you have the main hook of the song, but as you keep arranging, you'll find out, you know what, I like this other melody better. This is going to be the hook of the song. And this is all so much easier more easily done when you're recording and arranging your song because modern day arranging right really what that means is you should be recording your song and and i want you to be comfortable with the idea of recording a small acoustic guitar part not something that goes the whole song right you haven't written the whole song yet But you write that sort of acoustic guitar part, and you're already layering in, like, what should the synths be for this song section that I've written? What should the piano part be for this song section? And if you had just written the whole song traditionally, once you started with the acoustic guitar, you would have made that be the main driving force the whole rest of the song, probably. But now, because you're arranging, you might end up with, like, you know what? I actually like the piano part better. Maybe the piano part ends up becoming more of the lead part. The more featured part. Or maybe the combination of the piano and the guitar again will be inextricable. They'll just need to be together to form the basis of your song. And that allows you to have also more complex, more interesting parts, which a lot of times in songwriting and music, simplicity is is uh, a good thing, right? It makes it more easy to remember, but not always, right? And sometimes it's nice to mix it up. So second reason, arranging tends to open the door to a lot more sounds compared to songwriting. Is one of the biggest reasons, I think. Um, the reality is that if you're just writing songs from the perspective of your main instrument, a lot of times you're going to have the same bass sounds, not bass as in like, you know, bass, the instrument, but bass as in like, like the, the basis right? For all of your songs, because it tends to be a very acoustic personal process, right? You're sitting with your acoustic guitar, maybe an electric guitar, maybe a clean electric guitar, maybe you have a favorite tone that you like to have on, or you're sitting with your piano or even a keyboard, but there's only so much variety in sound that usually people are using in the songwriting process, Right? That's usually why even people who end up having songs mostly electric guitar-driven a lot of times will write the songs on acoustic guitar. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but your sound palette, the, the different sounds you can choose from, is opened up so much more when you're recording, right? And maybe you have some free synths that you went and downloaded Maybe you're like me and you went and spent some money on Omnisphere and then, you know, it's 500 bucks, but you have all the sounds you could ever want in, you know, one, one VST, which is basically just a a plugin, basically just think synth, right? You play a keyboard and it makes different sounds depending on what sound you select. And now (laughs) instead of being limited to basically write with piano sounds, being what you're hearing and what you're writing off of, or guitar sounds being what you're hearing or writing off of. Now you can change it up a ton, right? So a song I started writing recently, I, I picked a synth that was very bell-sounding, and then it became what I think is the start of a Christmas song, maybe, because it sort of has this... Uh, it has several bells that are all playing together that create this interesting auditory tapestry, if you will, That uh, sort of sounded a little Christmassy to me, but like on the slightly darker side of Christmassy, uh, which I always like on the slightly darker side. So that's something that I wouldn't have ever written anything like that if I was committed to, hey, I'm just going to write a piano thing or I'm going to write my song at the piano with piano sounds or keyboard with keyboard sounds or a guitar with guitar sounds, right? Because a bell, it's like an organ, right? Organ has been the basis of several of the songs I've been working on recently as well. And I don't have an organ, but I do have a keyboard and I have a VST, uh, actually Zomnisphere, for the organ sounds. So because of that, I get to write songs that are more from the perspective of, of what is the vibe, what is the sound of this song with this organ as the basis. Which, if you haven't played with different sounds, right? Maybe you're just an acoustic guitarist or, you know, you've always written your songs from, you know, with a piano or with a specific keyboard sound, or maybe some minor variants, right? I, I would even argue, you know, the, the vibe that changes from an acoustic piano to a keyboard sound is, is certainly different, right? But it's, it's not as different as when you have a strings sound, right? A violin sound or an organ sound it, that becomes much more radical to the point that if you even if you're using a keyboard which I still do the way I play when I'm playing a strings part is completely different than anything I would ever play that would sound right for a piano part. In fact, most of the string parts would sound really boring <laughs> as a piano part. Be like, "Oh, look another block chord. How how riveting. How exciting. I've never heard that before." And organ's kind of a similar thing, right? You just holding organ sounds is actually pretty pretty epic and cool sounding, uh, piano, it's kind of, eh. So it changes the way you play even. And then it often, the I've talked about how songwriting's a funnel, right? And if you haven't heard me say that before, a, a quick recap is basically a funnel, right? Is wide at the top. And then as it goes down, it becomes more and more narrow. The idea behind it is with each songwriting decision you make, you have less creative room with the next one. Until eventually, by the end of your song, right, most of your song is written, you have very little room for where to go. You know, once you have all the chords written and you have the melody done and you have the lyrics done, the options you have to write, say, a lead guitar part, is limited by some of those earlier things, right? It can't get in the way of the melody. It has to fit with the harmony, AKA the chords, right? It has to be within the same key. But if you think really high level, right? Once you select the key of the song, that already starts to limit you to certain notes that you, you know, that before you had all the notes. And now once you choose a key, yes, you can do some notes outside of that key. But for the most part, you're going to be staying within that key. So you're limiting the notes, right? And then the tempo, that somewhat limits you. How long the phrases are somewhat limit you. The meter of the lyrics limits you, right? You you have to have the same sort of melodic notes, if you will, as you do syllables usually. So once you choose a melody, that limits your lyrics. Once you choose your lyrics, that limits your melody. So in the same way, As you're crafting your sound of your song, every choice you make somewhat reduces the creative room you have for the next one. And a great way to be able to change it up is to actually start with new sounds. So when I did write a song, where I actually started with an organ, it ended up going in a totally different direction than I had written before. It almost had this almost hymn sounding like it's hard to explain but almost, almost like a hymn but modern and it still had my 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 typical like sort of epic vocal chorus um, and then in the end though it turns it almost shifts into this gospel like sound for a sort of interesting outro slash finale type thing. And those are all things that I don't think I ever would have written if I didn't start with the organ sound that inspired me in a certain way. There's something about the organ sound I chose that sounded very hymn-like to me, and that sort of inspired where the song went. And that's what you get by choosing to sort of conflate and I know conflate usually means improperly bring the two together. So maybe that's not the right word, but combine, there we go. Combine sort of the songwriting process with the arranging process, which the best way to do that, right? Is you're arranging in your DAW digital audio workstation. If you want a free one, go get Reaper. Uh, it's technically $60, but they let you test it for free forever. Basically. Um, You should pay them $60 once you know you're going to use it. But if you want something you can go download and use and record right now, Uh, Reaper, it's very good. That's what I use. It's actually what I use to record this podcast as well. But the earlier you are arranging your song in the songwriting process, so if you're starting with your arranging as your songwriting versus finishing your songwriting first, you'll be surprised how different a path your song can take because you started with something different. It's sort of the whole idea behind the 10 different ways to start writing a song is the same exact premise and idea. It's this idea that what you have at first, right, the, the first thing you start with, necessarily influences the path that your creation takes from there, right? I mean, this should be an obvious intuitive thing, where, you know, if I sit with my friend and say, okay, let's let's write a comedy skit video, chances are it's not going to become a serious Star, Star Wars-esque space opera, right? Because we sat with the intent of writing a comedy. And, you know, that, that may be an extreme example, but it's the same idea, right? The, and, and the first joke we write, Is probably going to somewhat determine what direction or what type of humor that video would have. Is it dry? Is it over the top? Is it office influenced? Like, for example, if it's if the joke is predicated on the character looking at the camera, already we're heading down sort of an office, the office-esque vibe, right? And our decisions are going to get narrower and narrower. And I'm not saying that like in a bad way, right? But, you know, once you determine, oh, okay, characters do break the fourth wall, then, you know, that decision has been made. And now you're living within the universe, the creative universe of of that being how your story is operating, how your your video is operating, how your show is operating, whatever it is. And songwriting and any other creative endeavor is no different. Right? Once an artist chooses that this is going to be a sculpture instead of a water painting, instead of a, a chalk, or instead of, I don't know, insert some other art thing there. I'm running out of art knowledge fast here. Um, that is going to influence what they do, right? Like chalk, for example, I think is is only generally – this might be incorrect, but a lot of times I see chalk drawings that are like literally just the, the black and white, Right? So if you know you're constrained to those colors, you're going to do things differently than knowing you have all of the watercolors at your disposal. And this is the exact same thing. This is based on the exact same idea. We're just taking advantage of that instead of being sort of victims of it, right? Because we almost make ourselves victims of it once we say, oh, yeah, well, I'm a pianist and I'm just going to start all my songs with piano or same with guitar. Instead, we're taking advantage of this knowledge, and we're saying, okay, I'm I'm going to learn these 10 different ways to start writing a song, but not only that, not only that, I'm going to go farther and intentionally start my arranging of my song early in the songwriting process to give my song an opportunity to go into a pleasant direction I never would have imagined or never would have been able to send it down had I not opened with some sounds that are different than, you know, what I usually have, maybe piano or guitar. Because often when we're writing our songs, we have a song already in our head by the time we're finished with it. Right? So if you do write your whole song on acoustic guitar, you probably have what the arrangement should sound like in your head already, which there's nothing wrong with that. But oftentimes that 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 is going to be like something that we normally would write. It's, it's, it's going to be harder to break outside of the box because... I don't know about you, but me, when I when whenever I do that, the arrangements I have in my head kind of similar. They're kind of similar, which again, nothing necessarily wrong with that. But the beauty of arranging early in your songwriting process is that it allows you to be able to experiment with sounds before you get too committed in your head to something very specific. Last benefit is that it fast-tracks the process from songwriting to released song. So I don't know about you, uh, probably a lot of you are in this situation, especially some of you who maybe have never recorded at all, and you might uh, still think, you know, it's too expensive or something like that, which, by the way, it isn't. You can absolutely get started with decent-sounding recordings for probably under $150. Uh, if you want it to be pretty pretty decent, though, m- maybe you're looking at 500 for all the all everything you need assuming you do already have a computer, because Reaper you can get for free. That's the DAW, uh, which is what allows you to record something into the computer. Then you just need something, an audio interface is called, uh, that basically takes your guitar input or your microphone input, and then you need a microphone. And you know all those things you can get for $100 or less and pretty good ones. But you know you, you may be someone who, even if you do have some recording stuff, you're so used to songwriting be a totally different process, and then once you've written the whole song, you get to the recording part, and you realize, oh, I don't even realize what tempo my song is at, and you get frustrated. And this happens, to me, this used to happen to me all the time. It doesn't anymore, because I don't write this way anymore, but, um, well, I shouldn't say I don't write this way anymore. I write this way much more rarely now, whereas it was the only way I wrote before. Where, you know, I, I, I'd i write the whole song on my guitar or piano, and then I'd open up the DAW, and then I'd start with the beats per minute I thought maybe it was near, and then I'd, you know, be like, oh, it's, it's dragging a little bit, I'd move it up, and now I'm like, oh, it's still dragging a little bit, move it up again, oh, now now it's... Now it feels like it's going too fast. And then you dial it back down. And then you're like, oh, I didn't realize I kind of wrote the chorus and the verse at different tempos. So then you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I meet in the middle to keep the tempo the same throughout the song? Because I don't want tempo changes randomly throughout the song. And it becomes this whole headache that you just don't want to do. And then you delay recording for a long time. You know what prevents that? If you open up your DAW and your songwriting process is... Also you're recording it which by the way if you've listened before you also know that I encourage you to record everything you write so that you know you can remember it the next day right if you come up with a sweet piano riff today you don't want to set yourself up to not remember it tomorrow and the best way to do that is record it that way you can just listen back to it and refigure it out and you can't lose it right this gets you both of those benefits so i open up my daw I start recording a thing. Once I find something I like, I'll cut that piece out, start a song from it, and usually I'm playing to a click track right away. Sometimes I'll even use the click track tempo to help inspire me in different directions, because I'm going to play very differently at different tempos, as will you. And even if you don't, at least now you've already started recording it you can adjust the tempo. If you recorded MIDI, you can even adjust the tempo and it will automatically adjust what you played with it. So it just makes the barrier to entry into actually recording and releasing your song so much lesser. It's so much easier to just record a song. Now I'm at the point where I record a lot of the music of the song sometimes within like a month of starting to write the song, before I even have a an idea of where the lyrics are going, I already have the song mostly arranged sometimes because it's such a fun, addicting thing that I can do one small step at a time. It's fun. It allows me to um, sort of determine the vibe of the final product of the song via the different sounds that I'm choosing and the arrangement that I do that then gets to influence the lyrics, which is, I think, another thing that, maybe I, di- I didn't exactly touch on, but there's just so many benefits here, it's kind of hard to, to say them all. But, you know, the reality is, if you write your whole song, that includes your lyrics, right? Then your arrangement is going to be off of how you wrote your lyrics, which is fine. But sometimes it's really cool to actually allow your arrangement to dictate where your, mu- where your lyrics go, especially if you're a music-first person. It allows you to figure out, okay, what's, what, does this, what does this song sound like it's about? in its fully arranged glory, or mostly fully arranged glory, to determine what the song is about. Sort of like that organ song I was talking about. I chose the subject matter of that song based off of the fact that, oh, it's it's got this organ sound, it's got this epic hymn-type sound. So I ended up writing a song, and the lyrics that I've been developing for it have been off of that. And if I didn't start with arranging while I was writing my song if I didn't start with that organ sound and coming up with some some other sounds to go along with that and start building out my song's arrangement from the beginning I might not have ever written a song about that subject matter so and and quick recap Three main reasons you should start arranging while you write your songs. One is that it opens the door for songs that don't overly rely on a main instrument, a single main instrument. You can have multiple main instruments. Number two is that arranging tends to open the door to a lot more sounds compared to songwriting because songwriting usually is a more acoustic process, something where you tend to be bound by the instruments you possess. Whereas with arranging, usually not, right? Because even if you have a keyboard, even if it has like five sounds on it, I think my keyboard has like five sounds on it. You know, once you plug it into a computer, now it has infinite sounds because you can just go download some, some synth sounds and utilize those in your recordings. And number three, it fast tracks the process from songwriting to release song, which is one of my favorite benefits. I always, always, always dreaded the, I have the song written. Now it's time to go figure out what tempo and record it, and play it five million times until I get the recording right, right? Because you gotta nail it when you when you you're recording it, uh, like nail the take. So, if those benefits sound good to you, go download Reaper. Unless you have a DAW already. If you have a DAW already, just use that. That's fine. If you don't know what DAW is, again, it's a digital audio workstation. It's the whole, it's the software that's on your computer that allows you to record and mix songs, basically. So if you ha- if you don't have one, go get Reaper for two reasons. One, anytime I teach stuff about recording or arranging or whatever on the YouTube channel or whatever, it's going to be off of Reaper. That's what I use. And B, it's free. Um, so. Low barrier to entry, right? You can literally download it and use it for 10 years for free. I know that because I did download it and use it for free for 10 years, producing plenty of songs with it. Um, Maybe not plenty, but certainly many songs with it. Um, And I finally realized, you know what? I'm a terrible person for having not paid them the $60 for this yet. And so I finally did that way too late. But now I'm going to try to make it up to them uh, by telling you to go get it. And, you know, if you like it after a year or something, you should just pay the $60 because that is a lot cheaper than most of the other software out there. Anyway, hope this was helpful to you. If it was or if you've been helped by other podcasts, be sure to leave a a review on, uh, I always say iTunes, but I know it's Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you feel that you can give it five stars, if you feel like you can't and you could do me a favor instead of leaving a review and tanking the rating, if you could instead shoot me an email, joseph at songwritertheory.com, which by the way, Joseph is spelled J O S E P H. You would be surprised how many people think it is J O E S E P H. It is not. I don't think any Joseph in history has been spelled that way. Um, I'm sure one has, but um, (laughs) that is not how you spell Joseph. Uh, there are two valid spellings. One has an F at the end and one has a PH at the end, but all of them start with JOS. Anyway, JOS EPH at uh, songwritertheory.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know how I can uh, do better in, in your mind or things you'd like me to cover um, rather than tanking the Apple Podcasts rating. That would be much appreciated. Thank you to all of you who have done this. I see that the reviews keep picking up and picking up. I really appreciate that. Uh, We're at, I think, 4.6 stars and I think 43, 46 people have left reviews, which is awesome. Uh, But that also means that there are like literally thousands of you who have not left a review. So if I'm talking to you right now, do me a huge favor, if you don't mind, and leave a kind Apple podcast review. Again, if you haven't already, be sure to pick up the free guide, songwritertheory.com slash free guide for 10 different ways to start writing a song. This podcast combined with that will certainly go a long way for you, especially if you've been in creative ruts. Uh, it certainly has been uh, hugely momentous to my creativity, uh, sort of these discoveries along the way, because again, I, I used to write in the most traditional singer-songwriter way possible, um, but... In the last probably year and a half or two years, I've really converted to this methodology of doing it, and it has been nothing short of awesome for me, so I'm sure it will be for you as well. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you, and I'll talk to you next time.